welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. Alright, so um, last, uh, no, two weeks ago, um, I spoke uh, on um, the true prosperity gospel. And the, the scripture from 3 John uh, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. And, um, and then Debs, last week, uh, began to speak about the greater, the greater blessings after the Lord challenged her with just, she was going for a walk the one day, and the Lord just spoke to her and said, do you want the greater blessings? And um, we've kind of learned over time, when, when the Lord asks you questions, um, ask Him questions back. Um, before you answer, because sometimes, you know, it's like, ah, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, what exactly does that mean? It's, it's like um, when I was younger, when the Lord would say something like to me, do not fear. I was like, whoo, cool. All right. That's cool. Now I've learned when the Lord says, do not fear. I'm like, oh, why are you saying that? Just exactly. The Lord gets to a doorway, he puts his hand on the, uh, on the door handle, and he turns around and he says, Now don't be afraid, but follow me. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, wow, what's in that room? What's in that room? If the Lord has to tell you, do not be afraid. It's but because you don't have to be, you don't have to be afraid. <laughs> but the temptation will surely come <laughs> to be afraid. And so when the Lord said to Debbie, Do you want the greater blessings? She paused for a moment because she understands that when the Lord says, do you want the greater blessings? There's going to be a price to be paid with that, or there's, there's a, a cost. And she spoke about how with, I mean, quoting Spider-Man, with great responsibility, and with, with, uh, with, with great, great power, with comes, great power great comes great responsibility, or with great blessing comes great responsibility. Because with every blessing that God gives you, Everything that God gives you leads to responsibility. But the exciting thing is, is actually we want responsibility. In the kingdom, you do want responsibility. Um, when responsibility starts getting taken from you, the thing that's being removed from you is both power and freedom. And it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. When Jesus came, he did not come to disempower mankind, but to empower uh, mankind. This is, this is the most amazing thing. And so Debbie used the illustration of, you know, when you have a house, a house is a responsibility. It's like, I want a house. You get a house. And then, you know, I remember my first house when we first got married, um, living uh, with Debs. I loved it. I, when we first got out, I thought, this is cool. Garden. Such a beautiful garden. Got this huge garden. It's, um, it's so exciting. I cut the lawn every weekend. In East London, I mean, you, you literally, the, it, things, it's so warm and wet there, you mow the lawn, and by the time you finished where you began, it's already grown back. Almost. It, it, felt, it felt like it. And I remember just thinking, oh, you know, the, uh, the lawn. And back in those days, we didn't have a real lawn mower, we just had one of those lawn mowers, you know, the, the push lawn mowers. It's great when it goes, but if anyone left anything in the grass, and so that's the problem with anything that God gives you, 
it becomes, it's a blessing, but a responsibility. A car, sa- uh, same thing. Um, a spouse. I mean, I remember as a young man, just asking the Lord, Oh, Lord, I want a girl. I want a girl. Jesus, give me a wife. I got one. But man. I got the best. But man, it changes. greater blessing. <laughs> no, 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 darling. The greatest blessing. And with the greatest blessing comes great responsibility. The greatest. <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> you know, it, it changes the way you approach your time. It, 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 you know, there's, there's certain things you just don't do. Uh, uh, anymore if you you know know, there's there is a reason that people say happy wife happy life you know and um i I can remember just learning little things when when we were first uh first married because i mean just guys i mean for my my friends who are about to get married you know take the little wins when you can get them because sometimes we just don't understand you know and i remember early on in our marriage I got into the habit of, well, Debbie didn't even ask me. I just noticed that she'd go to bed and she'd put a glass of water next to her bed every night. And so at a certain point, I started bringing her a glass of water before I went to bed. And I'd put it down next to uh, And she said, did, did she give me a glass of water? And I was like, yeah. It's like, I didn't ask you to. I said, no, no problem. I, I noticed you. And I was like, I was weird. I was just like, I earned points. And I noticed I earned points. I was like, wow. That was real easy. That was real easy, you know. And I was like, okay, I'll just bring a glass of water. I didn't understand why this was such a big thing. But, but I did it. But do you know why it was, a, it was a big thing for me? It was a little thing. I could do it. It was, it, sometimes it's the, you know, it's like, I don't understand what's going on there, but this I understand. To bring her a glass of water makes her happy, you know? And you know, the thing is, is like when God brings people into our, uh, our lives to cultivate and look after that relationship, because actually the greatest blessings in life are people, relationships. But we sow into those relationships, and that's a, resp- a responsibility. And of course, along come children. And then children talk about sunny responsibility. Absolutely. I mean, I, I adore my kids. I absolutely love my kids. But they introduced me to myself. They, they really did. Now when, you know, your, your wife, she's grown up and she, she's a teammate. But when you get a baby, babies, and, uh, babies introduce you to yourself. You suddenly understand how selfish you are. You suddenly understand that... Man, you thought you were a godly man until God gives you a baby. And then suddenly you realize, man, there is a selfishness at the depth of yourself. That, you know, you honestly believe that nighttime is a time for sleeping. And it's my time to sleep. I just let me sleep. And then you realize how, how you love your wife. You do. You, you lay down your life with her. But the ter- it's your turn <laughs> is the first thought that comes to you at certain times in the night, you know? <laughs> so children, children come, they're a great blessing, and you love your children, they, they, and they, they change you, but they're a huge responsibility. Worth it all. These, Absolutely. These wives and these children. <laughs> One, 100%. But this is, 
But this is the nature of the kingdom. The nature of the kingdom is that God wants to bless us, but in blessing us, He grows us. He grows us. He grows us and gives us the ability to become more blessed. And He wants to give us more. And in giving us more, the way He gives us more, He gives you the power to overcome, to contain the blessing that He wants. But I want to speak about one of the greatest blessings that God wants to give us. And it's the, the blessing of freedom. And I want to look at what freedom looks like from a biblical perspective. Because biblical freedom is, is vastly different from world, the worldly idea of freedom. The worldly idea of freedom is the antithesis of what I've just spoken about. The worldly idea of freedom is like, hey, I'm footloose and fancy free. What that literally generally means is, I am completely irresponsible. I'm completely irresponsible. I can do anything I want when, uh, when I want it. And they think that that is freedom. But what that actually ends up looking like is God does not have the ability to pour a blessing on your life. And your life will count for nothing in the, in the long run. If you live like that your entire life, you will squander the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord will flow your, uh, will flow your way. And instead of building something and leaving a legacy and changing the world and making a difference in life, what it will do, it will just flow past you as you smile at it. And that's sad. What, what freedom is in, uh, in the kingdom is that God begins to pour out blessing on you and you take responsibility for that and you build something and more and more power is gained to you, to your, uh, to your family and to your community. And I'm not talking power over others, but I'm talking about power to change the world and make a difference and make the world look like a, a, a better place. That more and more you take responsibility for me, for my emotions, for who I am, for my health, for my family, for my community. And we begin to build a world and a life that is better for, uh, for everyone. This is the freedom that God wants us to have. The antithesis of that is that we become so irresponsible that others have to take responsibility for our lives. And so, because we're so responsible and we just do anything, after a while, because there's no self-control, self-control, by the way, is just a pseudonym for freedom. Because if you're not self-controlled, someone else is controlling you or something else is controlling you. So that, uh, that, is, that would be slavery in its, in its extreme form. But, but as, um, as we take self-control and as we gain control, God can pour out more and more blessings. For example, a wife, a family, friends. God can pour out financial uh, uh, blessing on us because as we receive that blessing and as we build something for us and for our family for our community and for our, uh, for our nation things begin to flourish uh, around us you know what God wants to do that in nations God wants to do that, uh, that in nations but it happens in nations when it happens in individuals first as long as we embrace the idea that it's somebody else's fault We've embraced an idea of, of irresponsibility and we've put power in someone else's hands. That's why when we look to the state to save us, when we think, Man, you know, it's, it's it, you know, the government, that's the government, you're doing this to me. Well, there, obviously in some countries there is a measure of truth in that. But even there, we have to get ourselves free 
so that as we get free and as our families get free, we can change the way of thinking in nations and nations can change. Amen? In the church, it's the same thing. You, you know, many Christians are afraid of freedom. Many churches are afraid of freedom. That uh, the, the idea of, of people being full of the Holy Spirit, full of the power of God, going out and just praying for people and seeing people healed, preaching the gospel, is so terrifying that, that we've kind of given people the unintentional message, don't do this unless you're a, qu- a qualified professional. Have you studied? Have you been to Bible school? Have you, have you done 40 years of Bible study before we will let you out and share your testimony? And you, can't, you can't just go out and pray for people. Why don't you pray the wrong words? It's like God's up there going, oh, oh, almost. He forgot to say theological. <laughs> You know, some of the, some of the most extraordinary um, healing prayers or moments of, you know, in, in God that I experienced were when, in the first two years of being born again, where I didn't know what I didn't know. That was one of the earliest prophetic words Debbie and I got uh, received. Actually, <laughs> to be really honest, I was given the prophetic word, but Debs has adopted it too. And the, I got a prophetic word, Nigel. God is bigger than your ability to mess things up. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Because I have got a phenomenal ability in that area. But, you know, God is bigger than our ability to mess things up. And you see, in the kingdom, in, 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 in church life, we want to create a culture of freedom. But a culture of freedom is a culture that says, I'm going to take responsibility. I'm looking for responsibility. I'm looking for responsibility. I'm going to be responsible for me. And I, I'm going to look around and see, man, you know what? I'm going, to be, I'm going to be responsible for the relationships around me. I'm going to love people. I'm going to reach out to people. I'm going to uh, walk alongside people. It's not all the church's job. Amen? So often in ministry over the, uh, over the years, people have come to me and said, Boston, you know, I think the church should do this. And normally what I do is I go, that's such a great idea. You know, you've got the vision. I'm I'm not volunteering, Pastor. Oh, sorry, I thought you were volunteering for the job. You had such a vision for it a moment ago. You know, we we understand that, that we are the church. We are the church. And when, as we, as we say, you know, like, I've got a real vision for the poor. Oh, that's awesome. Man, preach your vision, vision, share your vision, gather some people around you, and let's get out and change the world. Amen? Let's get out and change the world together. As we take responsibility for what God has called us, the things that are in your heart, the things that are, are bubbling in your heart, those are the things that God is wanting to bless you in. Amen? Don't wait for somebody else to say, we're going to do this. Necessary, or maybe maybe you're waiting for the right partner, and you might have to wait for that. But when you hear that, jump on board and take responsibility. The opposite of freedom is slavery, and what slavery looks like is someone provides everything for you, including your decisions. So it's you've got no power, but you've got no responsibility either. You don't even have responsibility for your own clothes. Your master provides that. You have no choices. Everything's provided for. And there's, in a sense, slavery is so safe. You can be safe. Because 
you're just protected because your master's looking after his property. Mm. Now, you know, the, the tragedy is, is we, we are more and more building whole nation states like that. Whole nation states where people are like, you know what, I, I'm afraid for the future. I'm afraid for the future. So the government must give me an, an assured income. The government must give me a, a sure place to stay. The government must provide me a, uh, a job. The government must provide me health care. The government must provide me with everything. Now, it all sounds great. The only problem is, if the government provides everything and you have no responsibility, the government has to take your power away from you in order for it to accomplish that. And when that happens, you become a nation of slaves. And we don't want that. We don't want that. So what's the opposite? Well, God wants us free. And how does that look? Go in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 3. Oh, I love the Bible. The Bible has got so much anointing on it. Okay. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Christ Jesus to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him... We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His, of His grace, which He lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His kind intention, which He purposed in, in Him. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth earth and you know we can go on but this is an amazing passage that says that god's heart towards us he he he's so for you he has blessed you already with every spiritual blessing in christ now i used to read that and think well that's well how useful is that jesus it's like i used to read this thing he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in christ i'm like jesus i like my heavenly my spiritual blessings in heavenly places, to be tangible blessings on earth now. What use is that? Is this only for when I die? No. What we've got to understand is that everything is first spiritual and then, uh, then it is temporal. The spiritual realm is the parent of the natural realm. So that's why God blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Is because when He blesses you in the temporal realm, you can lose that. In the heavenly realm, you can never lose it. And you can continue to draw on it. You see, the spiritual realm is the parent of the, of the natural. And so in Christ, God has predestined us to receive every spiritual uh, blessing. Amen? But spiritual blessings give rise to temporal, uh, to temporal blessings. So what's the beginning of this? I just love the way uh, it starts. Uh, well, the scripture I read two weeks ago, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. The beginning... Of being blessed is beloved and verse the end at the beginning of verse five in love you know the beginning of really stepping into the blessing of freedom and the blessing any blessing in god is this be loved 
be loved, beloved. I pray that you, and also in love. You know, when, when you understand how deeply loved you are, you will begin to get a vision for how much God wants to pour out on your life. It's when we get, begin to get afraid and we begin to pull back and think that we are not loved that we begin to lose the blessings that God has for us. And so, you know, when you know and accept God's great love for you and for your family, it's the beginning of freedom because you realize that He wants to bless you. He wants to pour His blessing into your life. He has got a, He's. I love that scripture that says, uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, says, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for evil. It's actually the first scripture that I got given when I, when I got born again. Somebody wrote that in my Bible. Well, it was in my Bible, but they wrote it again in the back of my Bible. But um, God, wrote it there first. God wrote it first, and then someone wrote it in the back of my Bible and gave it to me. I didn't realize that people could give you scripture for so that's actually my scripture you guys might not know that I was given it and um, I, I love the fact that God says he's planned and provided that's amazing he's planned for us he's provided for us and the beginning of freedom is to accept that because when you don't accept that you start giving away your power to other things you want to uh, provide for you amen Because of God's great love, He's planned, prepared, and provided for all your needs. That's amazing. It's not the government. It's not even your job. And it's not even your own ingenuity. When God made you, they was great. They said, wow. I've made a Rebecca. Whoa. I think that's the best one I ever made. It's amazing. It's so good, so good. Well, I'm going to need to put in all the gifts, the talents, the ideas, the unique temperament for this Rebecca that I'm making. I'm going to put it inside of her. And then I'm going to send it. And now, I'm going to prepare works for Rebecca to do in her life. And then, by the way, those works that the Bible talks about, it's not just, it's not just church works. It's, it's everything. It's like, man, I'm going to prepare around her life things for her to do that her life will be blessed and productive and fruitful on earth. God did that before you were even born. So amazing. You know, when we don't know the depth of God's love for us, we draw back in fear and we start giving away our power to other things because we think that we have to trust in those things to get us what we need. It says... With an administration suitable to the fullness of his time. God put in an administration to distribute his power and his grace to the church. You see, the, the supernatural power of God enables you to become all that God's called you to be. In fact, without the supernatural power of God, you can't be what you're called to be. So, most amazing thing is the New Testament calls us saints. I think that's just amazing. And before, before, I, got, uh, before I became a Christian, I would just look at... Christianity from a distance. I thought saints were these really, really special people. But then as I started reading the New Testament, I realized that all of us are, are referred to as saints in the New Testament. All of us who are born again, though it's those who have been made holy. 
And this is amazing. God's supernatural power has made you holy. Now you might be thinking in your head, hmm, some people, you know, some of their holiness seems to be a little bit more advanced than mine. That's not true. This is the most amazing thing because we're all made holy by the same mechanism and that's by faith in the blood of Jesus. And all of us receive that. And the most amazing thing is God's supernatural power enables us to become that which we're not. Enables us to become holy. Enables us to become Christians. And enables us to be, uh, to be alive from death. It enables us to be supernatural beings. So that where you go, um, you bring the presence of God. Um, just this week, uh, Jess and Heidi, um, you were, they were out at the, at the waterfront and um, they got to witness to um, a, a, a waitress. And just, just the love of Jesus just came right there at that moment in that uh, restaurant and touched, uh, touched this lady. You know, each of us just carries God's presence wherever we go. And as we do that, as we step into the power that God gives us, as we take responsibility for our witness in the world, you know what begins to happen? Chains just start falling off. You stop worrying so much about, hey, you know, I don't actually need that person's approval in order to feel good so I can witness them. Because let's be honest, that's what stops most of us in our witness. It's because we're not free. We're not free. <laughs> because we need something from that person. And I'm not talking about the slice of cake that Jess probably ordered. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate, yeah. What we need is approval. We need, we need the whole world to feel good about us. Most, most amazing thing is once we get free, it's crazy how much we can touch people with the, the love of God. And we go and we, we can love the world. So that's what I wanted to share with you this, uh, this week. So let's pray. Lord, Lord, we desire a culture of freedom. We desire, Lord God, to raise up an army of joy-filled lovers who will go into the world carrying your presence, carrying your love, and manifesting your freedom. That freedom may come in us, that we might be free, truly free, that our families might be truly free. That our communities may be truly free. And that as a result, Lord God, we would bring your kingdom in the world and nations will get free. We declare over ourselves, our families and our nations, that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Make us agents of freedom everywhere we go. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Nigel Desmond. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.